The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favourite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984 and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Carrie Madash directed two large medical clinics in the state of Georgia, USA. Since her 20s, she has been fascinated by vaccines and studied them ever since. Her in-depth research led to discover what the proposed technologies are for the new COVID-19 vaccines. What she is revealing is alarming. To find out more about Dr. Carrie, please visit her Instagram at phoenixmeddoctor. That's F-E-N-I-X-M-E-D-D-R. Or you can find her on bitshoot.com, the channel, Carrie Madej. C-A-R-R-I-E-M-A-D-E-J and serendipitygroup.org Great. Dr. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, sister? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, Pete, for having me. Well, thanks for the trust and allowing us to have this conversation today. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go because there's so much happening in the world over the last. Well, those are the best uh, kind of conversations, right? Just kind of go with it and see where we go. So to introduce you to everybody that's listening or watching, you're a doctor. Yes. <laughs> take, take us down the rabbit hole of um, you becoming a doctor. What was the catalyst for that? choice of career and what have you discovered through your journey that okay. maybe you maybe you weren't expecting okay um i'm an internal medicine doctor so that's a doctor that's trained in both um uh in the clinic side as well as the hospital side internal in the intensive care unit etc 
I also have a holistic background. So um, blend, we believe in treating the body, mind, and spirit, so osteopathic. So I have a blend and experience that's pretty uh, wide variety, okay? So traditional and, and holistic, being in the hospital, not being in the hospital. Um, my training also was focused on looking for the cause of anything that happens, not just treating the symptoms. Um, and also I learned by patterns. Um, that's uh, my way of learning. We all have different gifts. That's one of my gifts. And so when I, you know, got out onto my own and seeing patients on my own, I discovered that a lot of things and medicine that I was taught wasn't quite true. And I, I also, uh, for instance, a lot of things we were taught in medical school, oh, you know what, it's just the genes. Someone gets an autoimmune disorder. That's just how it is. Just put them on the drug. Uh, someone just gets a heart attack. It's just the genes. Put them on a drug. And I started to realize that, no, the body really is knows how to be inherently well and that there were causes for just about anything out there and that there really was the mind, body, and spirit connection. And so uncovering the root causes of things opened my eyes to what was really happening in the world, okay? So that, wow, we've been lied to. I've been lied to. It was a big, um, I don't know, epiphany that I went through. And so that started my journey down these rabbit holes, we call them, and doing a lot of research and working with patients. And um, yeah, so that, so I also started to look into the vaccines. Um, and that started when I was even in my high school years. So let me tell you that short little story and that explains a lot about vaccines in general and um, where I started to really be a critical thinker. And that was when I was told to get my tetanus vaccine booster and I was younger. And in that time, everybody was given the story that you better get that vaccine because if not, if you go running around in the uh, soil outside and, and a rusty nail gets into your foot, that bacteria from the soil is so dangerous that it'll make you spasm so terrible that you could be um, curled up in a ball on the floor and suffocate to death from the spasm of this bacteria, which sounds frightening, right? And I said, okay, but show me who in the world died like this, because I want proof. I'm always questioning things. Nobody could give me one bona fide case. And I've never heard of a person dying like that in the news, even anywhere in the world. And you'd think you would hear of that, right? Someone saying, wow, this person within minutes died in front of me this way. So this, uh, so nobody knew of a case. This goes through my residency and my um, attending physician who is very good in infectious diseases started a, a whole intensive search for any bona fide scientific case of someone dying from tetanus in this manner. And in the end, he came back and said, there is none. There's no proof scientifically that anybody died of tetanus with this tetany in this manner, nobody. Which you have to understand, this is really important because this is the reason why we give so many tetanus vaccines because maybe there is a tetanus bacteria, but it's just like any other infection. So we can all get infections in our skin and it does something like that. But the reason for them to purposely give us so many of those vaccines was the danger of us suffocating to death like this in this manner and the story that was propagated. So in the end, I found out that was a big fat lie. We've been lied to on the grandest level about the tetanus vaccine. No one ha has a bona fide case of anyone dying in that manner, scientifically proven by Cook's postulates or looking at, at the bacteria under the microscope. 
so why are we giving it out? And I questioned uh, my attending that, and he told me to be quiet, never repeat that, and I must always recommend to give the patients and never repeat that story, or I would never get to work again. And you have to understand in medicine, we're always being blackmailed, always. And if you see or you hear of some um, cause of anything that something could be cured, usually you're told to be quiet and never tell anybody. That happened many times in my career. And so the tetanus vaccine, though, I wanted to know why we're giving it because it wasn't for this crazy reason of um, being paralyzed. So I noticed in one of the hospitals I worked at that a group of patients did not get the tetanus vaccine purposely. It was part of a protocol. And I asked why, they told me again, be quiet, just follow the protocol. And the group of patients that did not get the vaccine, I looked for patterns and I saw a pattern that those people were really fertile, extremely fertile. And then the people who did get the vaccine, the tetanus vaccine, had hard times with fertility. So taking that observation, I did a search online and sure enough, I found there's many instances of the NIH uh, World Health Organization admitting that they are using the tetanus vaccine as a sterilization or an abortion vaccine purposely. They developed it since 1972. They've been distributing it through different countries like um, Africa and in, in, in the continent of Africa, as well as Latino countries, um, and I believe in India. If it's being distributed anywhere else, they're not admitting that. Um, the Vatican actually found out that it was being used as an abortion vaccine um, not that many years ago. They actually analyzed the vaccine and found out that yes, it had the pregnancy hormone inside of it. So that when it was being distributed to the women, if they got pregnant, they would likely miscarry or abort the baby or just not implant the egg. So the point of the story is there's proof you cannot refute that we for decades have been manufacturing and researching and developing these vaccines, not for the reason that they've given the doctors, the science, scientists and the public, it was a whole other reason for depopulation. So they lied to everybody about it. Okay, so here you have international and government agencies lying to the public and the scientists and the doctors of the reason of a vaccine. <laughs> they still are doing it. Why are you going to believe them now? And so when I found this out, I said, wow, I need to really look into every vaccine very carefully because at, at that time I was believing what I was told, just like everybody else. And I started to really look at the data of the vaccines and I was shocked. It took me a long time to process it about what was really going on this time. So um, anyhow, you know, there's a lot more stories to that, but that gives you an idea, background of how I became a critical thinker and started researching things. Wow. I have not heard that story before about the tetanus vaccine. Oh yeah, oops, sorry. You're good. It seems yeah. to be the, <laughs> the one that I always thought was the most benign maybe is the right word or the the yeah. safest yeah yeah all right so the skeptics out there will say well the the global population keeps rising so this vaccine hasn't done a great job so far or has it slowed the population growth what what, what are your thoughts on this because there must be so so many conflicting thoughts well. and it doesn't matter what you think about that, but just know this, I gave you the example that I can verify, I'm a witness to how 
at least in one hospital, it was dictated that one group of people would get the tetanus vaccine and another one didn't. You weren't given the choice. Those people weren't given the choice. So why is it okay for these individuals, these entities to decide what happens to you and lie to you about it? It's about our personal sovereignty, our identity, our freedoms. Uh, who are we, right, as people and, and as souls? What freedoms do we have? Are we allowing to give away our freedoms to who, right? Who are they to decide what happens to us? Who lives, who dies, who gets sterilized, who can have people, who can have babies? Who, who gets to decide that? Because in this group of people in the hospital, the people that got the tetanus vaccine were people of private pay. The people that did not get the vaccine that were extremely fertile with many babies were on public assistance. And I'm not saying, all I'm saying is that was purposeful and that was, that was the intention, okay? And there was a difference in fertility. So they chose who was gonna have babies and who didn't have babies. I mean, this is based on what we knew that what they were knowing about the vaccine. I, I mean, you have to look at the bigger picture of this because if they're going to do it with that, what else are they doing this? What else are they doing to us purposely? We're not lab rats, we're not guinea pigs. It's time to take back who we are really and, and speak up for what is right because we are brilliant, beautiful beings. And I tell people, the more I, I looked into the causes of things, the more I was amazed at how, um, how great our bodies were designed. Our bodies are smart. Our bodies know how to take care of anything. The problem is that we have been so inundated with poisons and toxins and purposely uh, being vaccinated with insane kinds of poisons and toxins given infections purposely. That's what I found out. It was really hard for me to come to that conclusion, but that is what I found out. So, so if we just say that again, infected purposely well, because well in so in the vaccines in a regular vaccine let's say mmr vaccine measles mumps rubella flu vaccines i mean anything you can think of a vaccine will give you typically the ordinary one will give you a virus or the bacteria they're trying to protect you from and it's going to be alive or dead okay either way so you're actually getting the organism itself and to it's only a small amount because they don't want to make you very sick so in order to make it effective they have to put different kinds of toxins in there they purposely put toxins in there because they have to excite and inflame the body purposely so that's why they put the aluminum the mercury and um, the chemicals in there to inflame and incite your body so also when they're using these uh, different uh, bacteria or viruses that are alive or dead, they have to grow them out. So what they're doing is they usually would grow them out with egg, something that was an animal cell line, so eggs. However, as the years went on, they became very creative and experimental. They started using, you know, you know, chimpanzees and dogs and army worms. And, I mean, anything you could think of pigs, cows, all these animal cell lines. And so the problem with the animal cell lines is that they're not human, right? And so when they're getting the blood from these animals, they do it in a terrible way, by the way. It's, it's an awful way how they, they have to get it from um, a baby of the animal and they, they uh, deliver it alive and then they kill it and then they extract the blood. It's a very terrible way. It's not a humane way. Anyway, when they extract that blood, 
think about any animal out there that's killed, it could have infections, right? And so they have identified many different viruses and infections in these cell lines that they're gathering for scientific research and development and the production of the vaccines. They admit it, many, hundreds sometimes. So they said, yeah, that's a chance. Yeah, it's gonna be in the vaccine, but don't worry, they're from other animals. So inside the vaccines, they admit that there are these infections in there. So they claim that don't worry, they're from other animals, and then we're gonna put those poisons in the vaccine, so probably it'll kill it. We'll put formaldehyde in there. <laughs> so here we put formaldehyde. Did they ever do any research to check whether or not what they're putting in would kill off the animal infections? No, never. Oh, we'll put it in and probably it will work. This is, our, this is called science. So, in, so after all that, they're doing this, well, they kind of figured out, whoops, maybe we made some mistakes. For instance, the adenovirus they use from chimpanzees, it's been found out, it's been carrying some HIV kind of virus particles in it. And it's probably the cause of some HIV infections in people as well as cancer causing. Um, the uh, CDC has admitted that we have uh, even some flu vaccines that probably had some virus um, particles in there or vir viral infections in there that have lined dormant in people and when they're activated cause cancer. I mean, these are coming from the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, admitting that there's some infectious lines in vaccines that can be a inducer or a cause of cancer in people. And they still do the same thing. They don't change it. And people, they can't believe that when I tell them like, no way, that wouldn't happen. And I said, please, we have the research. We have their admission. It's right there. You can still Google at this point, all right, in a regular search engine. So we have all of that to deal with now. Um, yeah, so this is, this is real. It happens. It's unbelievable. And I was shocked myself as a physician reading this because, wait a minute, we weren't taught that in medical school. Not one doctor was taught that. You have to go out on your own and really dig and find this research. So I myself was blinded to this. I didn't know until I really started looking at the data and I was horrified to find out what was going on. We get about four hours of training on vaccines in medical school and we weren't, none of us are told anything about this. No, 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 nobody's educated. When you first started discovering this, did you, <laughs> how many times did you say, yeah, I might leave this to somebody else. <laughs> this is this, this isn't this is going to be a well, wild a wild wild ride for me personally. Or, well, in the beginning, I was naive, and you know, I'd find something out, excited, telling my colleagues or you know my attendings, and it wasn't the response I was expecting. You know, and um, he was told to be quiet, don't start waves, don't tell anybody. And also there's a brainwashing that goes on in medicine where you're told that there's not enough jobs for all the doctors. So um, if what happened is when any of my colleagues realized that there could be cures for certain things, they would even tell me, we can't let anyone know about this because what are we gonna do for a job? You can't do that. We need to make a living. There's this fear that was put into us since uh, training. And so this, this sense of uh, survival <laughs> that we had to keep the, we had to keep everybody sick in order to maintain, maintain a job. And that came out of the mouths of my colleagues and it was out of fear and, and attendings um, of hiding the sources. And I'll give you one more example. 
um, our, one of our institutions, hospitals, universities was associated with a study group that, that happened not that long ago with Pfizer. And Pfizer um, worked with the scientists from Florida who actually studied blockages in people's arteries, you know, the plaque. And he found when he did the cross section, he said, oh, there's infections inside of every blockage. He said, so this is why we get blocked. He found out why we get blockages. Um, so what happens is an infection from the mouth called streptococcus comes through the bloodstream and it goes into the, the blood vessel, it, you know, an infection grows places and went to the inside the blood vessel of the artery of the heart. And so once it's in the blood vessel wall, you would imagine that would make it weaker. And that's not a good thing. You need a strong blood vessel wall. If it gets weak, imagine you could burst a hole through it and, you know, have an aneurysm and die. So the body's smart, the body's intelligent, it knows it. So it's going to put cement, a plaque over that infection and wall it off so it can't spread. What amazing body, our bodies are smart. So he said, knowing this, and this is pretty much irrefutable evidence that the infection was coming from the mouth, causing the plaque, causing the blockage in the heart. So then when working with Pfizer, they came up with the brilliant idea, okay, let's treat the infection with azithromycin, which is Pfizer's drug, right? And let's see if we can shrink the blockages. So this was actually on the news at the time and everybody was excited and it, and it went well. This research was amazing. People were on the drug for two months up to six months, a long time, but still. And it was going fantastically well. People's blockages were regressing. And then all of a sudden the study was stopped and they said, don't talk about it. I'm like, why? We didn't know why. So the scientist, the original scientist came through, we asked him and he said, well, the problem was it worked too well. He said, we found that some people's blockages completely disappeared, no blockage whatsoever. And he said, he was threatened. He was told never to tell anyone, anybody. All his work was destroyed. Everything was gone. And in that meeting, I said, well, we need to tell people, and I'm a you know, naive person again, all the residents in there, my attendings all told me unanimously, no. Nobody can ever know this because what are we going to do for a living? We can't let anyone know. I said, do you not see how terrible what, what you're saying? You're willing to risk everybody's lives, even you, yourself, and your family's lives because we know how to cure this. But it's like, what, a trillion dollar business or more if you look around the world about everything we put into it? So that's another example of how the cures are hidden. So what you're saying there and, and – just so everybody, everybody if, if this is the first podcast you've listened with me in the film, The Magic Pill that we made, which is talking about food as medicine, what I said in that film, and I, I completely agree with this statement still five years down the track of, is we need to marry modern medicine with ancient wisdom or natural therapies. Because what you're saying there is there are benefits to some pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. Correct. I, I absolutely, you know, I tell people that all the time. I've seen antibiotics save lives when they're used appropriately and you know what you're doing with the purpose, which is rarely used in medicine now. But if you know that, wow, you can change somebody's life for the better and, and it's not going to hurt the person. I have many, so many patients to tell you that that is the case. It's just that it's overused and abused, abused to the to the largest extent. Um, we've also changed our training in medical schools where doctors don't aren't critical thinkers anymore. They're just told to regurgitate a protocol, regurgitate a protocol. 
without thinking about how beautiful and intricate the body works together. I mean, the body's amazing. Wow. You know, I, I just, every day I learn about something and I tell people I will never be smart enough to really know how it works. All I know is the blockages that prevents the body from working. Okay. And that's what I do is I try to teach the person what is blocking them mostly from the body healing itself. And then it, it does all the work, right? That's the real key. So at the same time, some of these pharmaceuticals are suppressed if they work too well, possibly. Absolutely. All the time, all the time. I mean, it's sad because now that we don't have real physical libraries with microfiche there, you can't go and see the original article. So again, let's say that Pfizer um, research I told you about, you could find that pretty quickly after that research was stopped. And it was pretty obvious what was happening. Good luck finding it now. It's been buried and hidden online. And so they can scrub the internet. I think everybody knows the censorship is an all-time high. And there is that that program called um, the Wayback Machine, where you can go and look back, what, what did the internet or that page look like 10, 15 years ago? And you'll see how there's instances of looking at that research article 10 years ago, and then looking at it now, if it's still there, they have changed the conclusion. They have literally gone in and totally changed what the outcome of the research study was, and you can prove it. How evil is that? And how can we go on as a society like that built on a web of lies? <laughs> what is mm. reality, right? We, we have to really be careful about that. So let's, let's have a look at the last 10 to 12 months because we've heard of these pharmaceuticals like hydroxychloroquine, a, a few of the other ones. I mean, hydroxychloroquine in Australia basically became banned yeah. like that. In the US, it's almost uh, impossible to get. Yeah, most places. I'm going to ask you this question. COVID-19, coronaviruses, they exist, yes or no? So coronaviruses, absolutely, they exist, okay? Um, you know, it's a common cold, common flu. I know that people are trying to say it doesn't exist. They exist, okay? So whether or not the genetic code that they're giving us for this coronavirus, is that the exact thing that's infecting us? We have no proof of that. We just know there's a genetic code, they're saying. The problem with that genetic code is it's been recombinant or computer generated. <laughs> it's not from nature. And they admit that. Everywhere you look at the articles, they're saying, well, this is partly from nature and partly computer generated. So, and they've never proven by any gold standard uh, scientific manner that that genetic code that they're giving us that they claim is SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, is that the thing that's actually infecting everybody? We don't have proof of that, <laughs> not, at this, not at this moment, nowhere. And then, and then we go back seven days, two weeks, and they start talking about the mutant strain. I can't know. So, I mean, my, my thoughts is, I mean, this is very base level, but it's, it's a cold or flu that came around last year. It just got yeah. branded this. And then this year with a, a mutated strain, it's just another version of another cold or flu. Well, that's when they say mutation, people, this panic gets to them. And well, look at it. We all know all the time colds and flus mutate. So that's no different. That's normal, right? And, and you know uh, very well too that, and everybody knows this, it's common sense or rational sense that, if your body, your immune system's okay and not great, that you're, you're gonna be fine with the flus and the colds and the COVID-19s, you're gonna be fine. 
you know, if you let your body's immunity wear down or have, you're missing your building blocks, like from the nutrients, or you have too many toxins come in, then you're impaired, your body's weak and something opportunistic can get into it. That's always been the case. That's never changed. This is the same thing. Why is everybody uh, feeding into the fear? You know, they're not using their, their um, intuition in their, their mind and thinking this through rationally. So I sent you the newspaper article that came out yesterday in Australia. The Australian government has announced a $24 million advertising or marketing campaign to target the people that they feel like they need to target. And the first of that group is, is females aged between 30 and 39 and the tribal people of this country, the indigenous. And there's a reason for that. All last year, oh, and last night, an updated headline came out in our large, all our papers in Australia said the chief health officer said, even with the vaccine, we are not going to go back to normal. We are going to continue to implement the measures of social distancing and all the other bullshit that's happening. So, and all last year, they said, we're going to target, we're going, the most vulnerable will be getting the vaccine first and foremost. So my question that I put on social media was, why females aged 30 to 39? I mean, I know I've, exactly got, why. I, I, I've got my assumptions and uh, beliefs, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to hear yours, even though you've probably, <laughs> you said it before about tetanus, but let's, let's, let's go a little well, deeper. Let me tell you, if you can, I don't know if you can still find the original articles, but it was not that long ago. And there's three Latino countries that all of a sudden when their batches of tetanus arrived and they've had tetanus before, they said the only people that are allowed to get this tetanus vaccine are women of childbearing ages around the same age range you just mentioned. No, no young, younger women, no women um, or no children, no men. That doesn't make sense, right? So the Vatican got involved there. So they actually did something pretty good. They actually said, wait a minute, this is suspicious. And no one gave them good answers. So they actually took some batches of that vaccine, had it analyzed, and they saw, wait a minute, you have HCG in here, which is the pregnancy hormone. And so that's not supposed to be in a tetanus vaccine. They questioned the National Institute of Health and the other manufacturers, and they actually got an answer Yes, I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. I'll see you there. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.